In the world of entrepreneurship, your mindset is the secret ingredient that can make or break your success. And mindset is a powerful lens through which you perceive challenges, opportunities, and setbacks, and it shapes your entrepreneurial journey for the good or for the bad, depending on what mindset you have. But what exactly is this mystical mindset everyone talks about? What is it that will keep you going when the going gets tough? What will help you get back up when you're pushed down? So imagine having a growth mindset, a superpower that propels you forward Forge your goals and financial freedom. This mindset that fuels your belief that your abilities can be honed through dedication, effort, and relentless learning. It's the rocket fuel for resilience, adaptability, and turning failures into stepping stones to soar higher. But there's one mindset shift that will unlock the floodgates of confidence within you, bidding farewell to self-doubt and embracing unwavering faith. It's time to acknowledge your unique strengths, celebrate past triumphs, and reframe failures as golden opportunities. So today, I have my friend Lisa here with us to share what mindset is when it comes to business, why growth mindset is important for success, and the one shift you need to make to become a confident entrepreneur, and I know you're going to love her. Lisa Garber is an avid meditator, CrossFit enthusiast, and a former psychotherapist turned life coach. With 25 years of experience, she has seen the main roadblocks to success, whether it's a fear of pursuing your passion, not feeling good enough, or putting everyone else's needs ahead of your own. She serves heart-centered women who are stuck and getting into their own way when it comes to starting and growing a service-based business. She is trained to help you find yourself your direction, and a sense of personal fulfillment in all aspects of your life. She's also very skilled at getting you unstuck and moving confidently toward your goals. Are you ready to unlock your confident inner boss? I can't wait for you to meet Lisa, so let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. Have you thought about finally starting that business now that your kids are older? Do you ever stay awake wondering how to mesh your passions into purposeful work? Do you have big, ambitious goals, but feel overwhelmed or even unqualified to pursue them? Hey, I'm Gabe. Not too long ago, I longed for the confidence to start an online business. I just wanted to make a difference outside my home bubble using my gifts, but I kept telling myself that I wasn't good enough. I didn't know enough and I didn't have enough time until I realized something huge. My kids need me to be their example and they need to see me win and yours do too. In this podcast, you will learn how to clarify your goals plan with purpose, and ditch your distractions. If you're ready to make an impact and an income, all for the glory of God, then you're in the right place. As an avid runner, I believe life is one massive marathon. It's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. So lace up those running shoes, hop in your earbuds, and let's do this thing. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for hopping on Pursuing Goals God's Way with me. I'm really excited to get into the conversation today. Thank you for having me. Gabe, I appreciate it. Yes, I'm excited. And I know I like to start out my podcast by having my guests tell something unique about yourself. I know I did the formal introduction already, but what is something you can tell us so we can get to know you a little bit better? I know, you know, one of the things that's unique about me is how difficult it is to answer that question. Isn't that funny? It's sort (laughs) of like, what, what could possibly be unique about me? And I even asked my husband, and he gave me a few ideas, and I thought, no, I don't think that's what, what what she wants to hear. Anyway, you know what came up for me? I think because we're talking to entrepreneurs and especially to people who are are starting out and probably don't even call themselves entrepreneurs yet, is that it took, you know, I, I was a psychotherapist first, and I think that's what makes me unique as a life coach. That's for sure. 
that I have this background in a master's degree in psychotherapy. And that means that my I'm unique in that I really do dig below the surface when I'm working with people and talking to people, even my best friends. Oh, I love that. And that makes a really good coach is um, asking good open-ended questions, really trying to get to the root and really understand the other person. And so that's a really, really great quality to have. So awesome. Well, I know we have a lot to talk about and um, I want to dive right in because you started out, you, you didn't start out as a life coach and entrepreneur. You started out as a psychotherapist, but also you were a musician. I would say that's unique about you as well. So you're going to have to tell us a little bit about what you did. Did you sing? Were you in the band? Like what, what instruments did you, but tell us a little bit about that story and then what led to you building your own business. Okay, sure. Yes, that is definitely unique about me as well, I guess, that I've had a few careers. I literally quit school when I was 16 and left high school to join a band, much to my family's chagrin. And that was, there were many reasons. I was in a sort of in a psychological low point and I just couldn't handle what was going on in my life, my family's life. And so it just seemed like the right thing to do. And so I started, you know, singing with the band and I was a really good singer. I come from a family of entertainers and performers and musicians and actors and singers. And so it really wasn't that big a deal to me, but I did it for 16 years. And it meant that I was in many bands. I started my own bands. I learned to play the guitar. I did a lot of gigs. So in those days, they actually paid musicians to work in clubs. They don't do that anymore, I have to say. But in the day that I was doing it, we were members of the musicians union and we got union scale when we did gigs. So I made a living. I played bars, which was funny because I didn't drink and I was underage, <laughs> but nobody ever asked. And uh, I played uh, and it was actually from playing bars that I made my commitment to sobriety. Well, it wasn't sobriety. I wasn't drunk. I made a commitment to abstinence because I just saw how it ruined people's lives, including my guitar player. So that was actually a, a wake-up call. Um, and I did it for, for years. I moved to New York City, tried my hand there, wrote songs for a publishing company, moved to Los Angeles, worked there, and had a deal to make a record. And it just never panned out. And so by the time I was in my 30s, I was tired. And I also recognized that it wasn't making me happy. Yes, there were moments on stage that, yes, they made me happy. Singing is a, an emotional, beautiful experience to be able to sing, you know, but uh, it, overall, the lifestyle didn't make me happy. And I spent a lot more time reading self-help books. I went to, in those days, uh, Marianne Williamson was just starting her, her uh, self-help work. Uh, Louise Hay was just starting all these people in Los Angeles, I used to go to their workshops. So there was just something about that that drew me. And by the time I came back, back to Toronto, which is where I live now and where I was from, I, I was just tired. So I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, though. And, well, let me put it another way. I did know what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to university, but I was a high school dropout. So I discovered that there was actually a way to do that. They had me, um, you were allowed to come in as a, as a, what they called a mature student. <laughs> and I certainly was, I was in my thirties. Everybody else was 18. 
I was a mature student. I entered university. I spent seven years in university, got my undergraduate. I got a graduate degree in psychology and religious studies. And I had the greatest time in my life. I loved it so much. And so then I became a psychotherapist because that's what I had studied. But that didn't even feel right. And then one day someone from, oh, but for your audience, I think they'll be interested to know, I considered working in an organization where I had done my internship in my graduate year and decided I didn't. I needed to be on my own. And so I decided I would build my own practice which is another way of saying be an entrepreneur. So I did, I built my own coaching practice, sorry, my own psychotherapy practice and um, never quite felt right until this woman came in. She was a referral. She had had one session with me. In her second session, she brought in an article from East West Journal, which I think now is called Yoga Journal. And in it was this woman named Cheryl Richardson and on the cover it said Life Coach. And she looked at me, this client, and said, did you know this is what you do? And it was like, honestly, angels made a noise in heaven. It was sort of like, oh, are you kidding? Life coach, yes. And I immediately found a place to be trained and became one of the first life coaches in Canada. I love it. I love it. And I love how that all kind of interwove, like your the path. It was like, all these different steps and all these different directions, but who would have known that it would have aligned the way it did, right? It was like confirmation after confirmation, but until you get there and look back and go, wow, now I know how this all fits together. What a cool experience and what a cool journey to be on. It was certainly what you said, that you just couldn't have planned it. And I think that is one of the great life lessons that not only do I continue to follow, but I do, in fact, hope other people follow and help other people follow, which is, you know, take the first step. Mm. Because you just have, if you spend your time figuring it all out, you can't possibly know what will happen tomorrow. And it's, you close yourself down from amazing miracles happening if you, if you try and plan it all. So yes, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful experience all the way around. Oh, that's amazing. So yes, taking the first step or taking the next right step. I yes. love that. So, well, I know one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on, we're going to be talking about uh, mindset shifts and how to unlock our inner confidence so that we can take that next step and do it with confidence. Even if we don't know, I feel like one of the reasons people um, or women don't take that next step to start an online business is because it's the unknown. It's, and that is scary. And, and that comes with mindset. It comes with confidence, but we don't build confidence until we're in it. Like we need to be in action and emotion in order to. And so one thing I think is that mindset is thrown around a lot. Like it's kind of a taboo word in a way. So I want to talk a little bit about it in regard to online business. Tell me a little bit about what, what you think um, mindset actually is and why is it so important to our entrepreneurial success yes i'd be happy to i think that now the term is used differently than when it was created but now we use it really to help us understand the belief system our limiting beliefs our positive beliefs our self-talk 
our fears, our hopes, our dreams. It's everything that goes on in our minds. That's really what a mindset is about now. And the it's so important because if anybody, if you think about what drives us, it will be what we're motivated, what motivates us, right? It will be our fears, which will stop us. It will be our feelings that get in the way of doing our best work. These are all part of what I consider now a mindset. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And I also think, um, I know I read, um, what's the author's name, but Growth Mindset, Carol something. Yeah, Carol I think. Dweck. Thank you. Thank you. And so I read that quite a few years back, but it was really interesting to see the differences between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, um, because a lot of people think that they're stuck in wherever they are or whatever feelings or thoughts they have. And a growth mindset is more about learning and growing and knowing that you can shift these things. Are you, are, are you into the growth mindset side of things that you can talk about that a little bit? Um, how does that yes. fit into what you do? Yes, totally. And you're right. That is the original. She was the original person to write about mindset. And she was the original psychologist to identify the difference between people who she was working with, students that she had, who had what she considered a growth mindset, and what she called a, a fixed mindset. And that's right. So the fixed mindset is sort of just that whole idea I'm not sure I know anybody who has this anymore, but there a lot of people used to have a mindset that said, oh, that's just me. I can't change. Oh, that's actually, I shouldn't say I don't know anybody. <laughs> it's not true. I do a lot of executive coaching as well as entrepreneurial coaching. And I come across a number of executives who think, well, that's just who I am. It's not something I'm going to change. That would be considered a fixed mindset. And the growth mindset are the people who say, okay, well, this is a challenge. Let me let me learn. Let me grow. It's exactly what it says, right? Let me grow. And And that, I think now, more than anything, really covers the majority of people who are doing any kind of independent work as entrepreneurs. I think that they all generally have a growth mindset or they wouldn't be getting into something that takes consistency and persistence and and all the things that right that growing a business takes. I think that most people really do follow the growth mindset. And so I work with people who believe that they can change. Mm, very good. And that's really we're just working on unlocking the belief system and the feelings and the behaviors and the habits that have them stuck. Hmm. So it looks like they're not growing and it feels like they're not growing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what you're saying can definitely resonate right now um, because, well, and also when you're talking about the fixed mindset, I think about, so I, I love personality tests and, you know, finding out what our strengths and weaknesses are, but I feel like that can become a fixed mindset where it's like, well, I'm not good at this. So I just stay in my box. And I hate how personality tests put you in a box, right? Cause um, the growth mindset says, no, you can develop these skills or you see your strengths, but now you can build on them. Whereas it's, you know, you can say, well, I'm the way I am because 
of this. My personality test says that. So it's very interesting. And I love that you help others kind of come out of the the yuck or the mindsets that are keeping them stuck. And so let's talk a little bit about these different shifts that uh, women need to make in order to become successful and confident entrepreneurs. What would be the first shift that you would say? I think they have to move out of victim mindset into a more responsible, creative, even creator kind of mindset. What I see with a lot of people is that uh, that the notion of victim means things like, this is so hard. I don't think that, I don't see how anybody, you know, I Instagram makes it so difficult. <laughs> Poor Instagram. Uh, Instagram makes it so difficult, those algorithms, or, you know, you have to show up on YouTube and that, you know, and I just can't do that. That's not something that I can do. And I know that if I don't do that, then I can't build my business or I have to put all these hours into it. You know, I read somebody put this number of hours into it and I can't do that. So I won't be able to be successful. I think those are victim thoughts, right? Where they're just problems outside of oneself that feel like they will keep us down and we believe them. and. Yeah, we believe in them and kind of hide underneath them in some ways. So the switch there is to actually to be more responsible for how we want to show up. So Instagram is a great idea. I just spoke to somebody who is giving it up. She's mm -hmm. decided to give it up, but not from an emotional place. She read some articles. She looked at the, where she's getting people coming to her business. She's looking at what the people, what her audience really wants. And she's made a decision that she's not going to use Instagram anymore. She's going to use something else. I can't remember what it was, but it's not like she's giving up her business. She was just giving up that particular one. So instead of feeling hard done by and victimized by Instagram, she took control, said, is this for me or not? And I think that that is a huge shift for people to make whenever they're in business for themselves. Yeah, that's so true. And actually my own example, my listeners know that I stepped away from social media at the beginning of the year, but you know, part of me was like, I feel like I'm spending all this time, wasting all this time doing this. And I don't even like it. Like, I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to compare myself to others. I don't want to think I have to build my business here. And so I said, I'm going to experiment and I'm going to walk away. And it was a little bit scary because you're taught as a new entrepreneur, you have to be on social media. It's the only way you're going to grow. And for me, I was like, well, the algorithm is so short lived and you know, you're seen for a second. It's just a blip. So how can I make it work? And at first it was scary, but then I'm, I'm noticing my numbers are growing and things are happening. And maybe it's because I'm taking that focus and putting it somewhere that's even a bit more appropriate for where I'm at and my season. And so I love that example. And I could have just sat there and gone or gone through the motions and gone, well, I have to do this. So I'm just going to, I'm that almost is a victim mindset too. It's like, well, I have to do this. So I'm going to do this. And you know, there's no other way. So you're stuck. And rather than that, making that decision and saying, nope, this doesn't feel right. This isn't working for me and my business. So I'm going to make that change, whether it's scary and I don't really know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do that. 
Um, so that's really, really great. Um, I love that mindset shift. Anything else on that that you can think of? Well, I love what you said, and we can draw on that a little bit too, because within what you did, you you left the victim, like I have to do this, I'm supposed to do this, they told me I needed to do this. You left that and you you went into I need to do what feels good and right for me. And that to me, I don't know what we call that mindset. Uh, but and I don't, I'm not sure I have that even in uh, written down. But that that that's the mindset that really helps, isn't it? Because now you're you're sitting and you're excited about your work and your energy has lifted and your vibrations are higher, you know, and you have a smile on your face when you're doing the work again. And it just makes a huge difference to to get out of the negativity and into the positivity. I guess that would be a pretty basic mindset shift right there. And the positive meaning, I'm going to follow what feels right and what feels good, even if the gurus have told me differently. Yeah, exactly. And that is exactly what I feel. I feel so much peace about it. And that's one of the ways I feel like, you know, you're on the right path when you have a peace about your decision. Um, it's such confirmation. And so um, I have peace and not only that, but I don't miss it. I don't miss anything about it. Like, yeah, sometimes I miss kind of catching up with friends in there, but I'm going, I really am at the point this season where I really want to have deep connections. And so the people that I want to be deep with, they'll text me, they'll call me, I'll hang out with them, you know, and I'll, well, and my husband's on, so he'll tell me when I need to know something about <laughs> what's going on on social. But but I just, I'm in that season where I don't need to try and be everywhere. I'd just rather have that connection instead. Yeah. So what kind of mindset shift would you say that was, Gabe? Because what you sound like to me is someone who really stepped into a maturity and a sense of responsibility and, mm -hmm. and, and a, an acceptance of yourself. Does that feel right? Oh, yeah. I would say it was a realization that I don't have to be everything for everyone. I don't have to be everywhere. Um, I, you know, even in high school and college, I was in all the places, like all the cliques, all the clubs, all the, I was just a friend to everybody. And so, um, which is great and fine. And I loved my experiences, but nothing got, it was all surface level. And so I think I just had to make that click that, that's not, that no longer serves me and my purpose. Um, and I had to come to the thought of, I don't need to be known by everyone either. It's part of that is um, accolades and kind of the recognition. I liked it when people recognized what I did or, you know, whatever is going on with our family, all the good things, because that's all anyone posts on on Facebook and Instagram anyway, right? Your highlight reel. But I came to the realization that I only care what my inner circle thinks about me and what God thinks about me, you know, or my immediate family. And so that's, I, that was the mindset shift I had. It was, who do I really care about seeking approval from, you know? I think that's very powerful. I think it is a, a real growing up. There's a maturity about that. I think uh, very much you even mentioned what you were like in high school, right? It's a real growing up that, that feels good. And, that I guess often I will use it about step sort of like stepping into your power. It's empowering what you just did. Uh, whereas the other way of looking at it, that sort of, I have to do this is so disempowering. So one of the things I liked about what I heard you saying, Gabe, that I think is 
worth noting is that you kind of went from feeling not very empowered. So what is the opposite of not empowered? Victim, I guess. Yeah, stuck. Stuck to, to sort of stepping into your power, meaning your where you can take some responsibility and feeling empowered by that. And I think that's a huge step for people to take so that they don't feel victimized all the time to feel empowered and it includes things like decisions and that you made you made this decision based on how you were feeling so decisions are a part of a mindset right i've decided i'm not doing this and i'm doing this instead i think that um perspective like the way you look at things is a part of mindset so you were looking at it as this is something that i think will be you know will be an an experiment you know i'm not sure what's going to happen but that ability to sort of be open minded about it allowed you to move in that direction you didn't have it all planned out and now you're seeing some positive results because of it so i think mindset again it's it's the minutia it's the thoughts it's the beliefs it's it's the perspectives it's the yeah yeah i think i think that's what what we mean by mindset nowadays we are always looking at uh, the fact that people who are doing work who are listening to podcasts who are being coached who are growing businesses that they're naturally going to have a growth mindset i think that's sort of just the bottom line now Mm-hmm. And then, and so these are the kinds of growths that we're looking for, you know, to be more independent, to be more sure of myself, to, to get beyond the fears. These are the mindsets that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So good. So, and we talked about that mindset shift of the decisions and um, being clear and, you know, being willing to make that decision and take that next step. What is, do you have any other other shifts you were thinking of that we would talk about today? Yeah, well, uh, sure. The, um, one of the shifts that, that I, of course, I think I, I, I mentioned from negative to positive, that is just a huge shift. And I, I want to just explain that a little bit because it can be, there's a term out there now. Have you heard this term, uh, toxic positivity? I have. Mm-hmm. Yes quite the term. <laughs> I have a lot of um, opinions about that. But the the idea is that people really think that people are, you know, making everything good when it isn't good. And that's not what we mean by positive from negative to positive. This is what we mean. We mean that the world has both, right? That is the way the world exists. We know there's good and bad. That's how, how energy exists there's positive there's negative yin and yang you know we there's just every way that every culture has a way to explain how up and down <laughs> there is right there's always two ends to a pole and so when we're focused in the in the negative we see the negative it's a bias that we have and it's very human to be seeing things that are negative because as it keeps us safe right you want to look both ways you want to be careful with everything that you do. So we are often looking for the negative and it seems easier. In fact, there's studies to show it's easier than looking for the positive. But guess what? At the same time that the negative is happening, there's positive 
also happening. And what we learn to do is shift our mindset to start mindfully looking for the positive, reminding ourselves the positive exists and saying to ourselves in every day, what went well today? What am I enjoying today? What do I like about sitting down and writing this blog today? How do I, you know, what is good about what's going on? So we're looking and piling. In the beginning, it's not easy because we have this negative bias. But over time, it starts becoming easier and easier. And as we get better and better at also noticing, so that's what I mean about the toxic. It's not toxic when you recognize that there's both in the world, right? We're not saying there's only positive. We're just saying, hey, there's also positive. So let's go and focus on that because it shows that we have more momentum when we're more positive. We have better results when we're more positive. We enjoy ourselves more when we're positive. And that is a huge shift that I think everybody can make. And they can start that today around the dinner table. What went well today, everybody? Because, you know, news isn't news. It's bad news. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's talk about the good news that happened today. I like it. I like it. Well, and you know, something that our family does, we need to get back to it. It's been a little while, but on Sundays, usually, because Sunday, most likely we have a family meal at dinner time because everyone's around because others activities here and there all throughout the week. But that's an important piece for me. But we do a family meeting. And in the family meeting, we talk about how was your week? You can tell us if there were frustrations, but then you need to tell us what was the best thing about your week and what do you look forward to next week? Um, And so we kind of do that. And I didn't even think about that. It's just kind of a natural um, finding that positive, especially when the week does feel long. Um, What is it? The days are long and the years are short. And that's really true in the season I'm in. Um, But that and then also, as you were talking about that, I was thinking, it's not that we can't feel the feels like it's not that we can't see the negative and what's the reality. Reality says, oh, man, things are going rough right now. Right. But it's a matter of perspective. It's shifting that perspective to go well, what was good in this? Like, what was the good I saw today? Because then it helps train our brain to start thinking that way. And um, that is not woo-woo at all. That is fact. That's just nature. But nature says, let's go to the negative. So we have to train ourselves to go to that positive. Um, And so I'm thinking about like, when it comes to even entrepreneurs, our business business mindset, um, how can we do that just in the everyday business grind. We have to make a decision to actually make it a habit. I, I suggest to people writing it down on paper, like a journal in a journal where at the end of every day you sit down and you say, what were the five things that I did really well today and that I feel good about? And this includes the building of confidence right there. What are the five things I did today that I feel good about and that went well? And sit down and really actually write them out in a journal. And you can explore them more if you want or just make a bulleted list. And then tomorrow you do the same thing. What went well today in my business? What do I feel good about? What did I do today that I feel good about, that I'm proud? And then you do it the next day. And then on the weekend or on a beautiful Sunday, When you're sitting around, you open your journal and you read 
the good things that happened during that week, what you feel good about. So you'd get the positive perspective and you get some confidence as well because you've just built the you've built the muscle to say there are things that I did this week that I feel good about. And that is the key to confidence. I think we were going to talk about that today too about confidence is that your confidence doesn't come from looking forward. It doesn't come from the ideal that you're going after. That's the vision, that's the ideal, you know, that can motivate us for some people. Some people it feels intimidating, but looking and and what's the word measuring yourself towards that ideal you come up short. Naturally, you're going to come up short. So that's not how you build confidence. You build confidence by turning around and looking at how far you've come. Mm. That's the key to confidence. So every day, if you look at your day, how far did I come today? What did I do that I feel good about? What worked today? And tomorrow I do it. And then three days and before you know it, you're beginning to realize, wow, I'm good at what I'm doing. <laughs> I've done some good things this last week, three weeks, month, six months. That's how you build your confidence. Mm, I love that. And also just the power of writing it down. There's some, there's a power to pen and paper, I think. But what you're saying is you're kind of keeping a log of what went well and what you accomplished, just the, even just the tiny thing. Because sometimes... Um, you know, when we're looking for it, we might have had a really bad day and it might be hard to find something, but we can find something. But when we piece that all together, I see that as when we look back at it, we see our progress because I, that's what stumps a lot of entrepreneurs too, is they, you know, when you're working, 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 and you never see the progress or the results aren't showing up directly, immediately, it's hard to keep going and you start feeling stuck. But what you're it's saying so is- that comp you're building that confidence by creating this log of all these things that went well or things that you know your strengths or wins or whatnot the good and you can go wow huh, I'm really come a long way and that's kind of the growth exactly mindset too it. yeah that's exactly it and that is and and yes we have bad days and again it's that ability to see what was okay in those bad days so maybe it's I got out of bed. Mm -hmm. I feel good today. You know, what do I feel good about today? I got out of bed, even though I knew I had to do some difficult things, right? I, you know, I managed to eat a good dinner, even though I really wanted to just eat potato chips. You know, there's, there's, we're not logging, um, you know, I won the, I won the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, that's not what we're logging. We're logging the little tiny things that we do every single day that create a life and that build momentum, and that make us feel good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one other thing that I'm thinking when it comes to business, something that I do, um, and now I feel like this relates to exactly what you're saying with confidence, and it does build my confidence. Every once in a while, when I get a message from a student or a coaching client, and it's just like really good feedback, you know, or you really help me open up my eyes to this, or I just so appreciate you or whatever. I will, I will, I have a folder on my computer with some of those like screenshots or whatnot, but sometimes I'll post it where I can see it. So that when I'm having that bad day, when I'm like not motivated to do the work, or it just feels hard. If I look at those things, I go, wow, I am making an impact. 
maybe my message does matter. Maybe my business is good and it helps keep me going in those tough places. That's a great thing to do. Absolutely. Love that. Mm-hmm. Get a, paste all your testimonials up on the wall for those moments when you need them. I, I completely agree. I think, and I think also, as you said that, it made me realize that we don't do that enough for people. We don't acknowledge people enough because if you think about it, I mean, if I send, you know, an email out to a few hundred people and I don't hear one response, I think, did anybody read it? And then, you know, three weeks later, somebody will say, oh, that email you sent about blah, blah, blah was so good. And I thought, well, couldn't you have said something? <laughs> like, totally. So, so it reminds me of, you know what, I try and, and, and you know, you, what is the, what is the thing? You know, you get what you give, you, 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 you know, what you put out, you get back. Yes. We need to be acknowledging by the way, acknowledging is a, is a coaching skill. And it is about being able to say, I read that email and it helped me understand something, something. Thank you. It's sort of acknowledging how that, how something helped you as opposed to just praise, which is, hey, good job. So as we acknowledge uh, other people also, yes, perhaps acknowledgement will come back. And yes, it's very, very nice. It just doesn't happen very often, my experience. Maybe you're getting more than I am, but I, I just find sometimes it's like, is there anybody out there? I think it's a, that's a Pink Floyd song. Is there anybody out there? Right, right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we tend to uh, give feedback on the negative way more than we do on the positive, right? It's there like, well, go. it went well. It was great. But then when you have a bad experience, you're going to tell the world about it. I, I mean, yes. you think about the reviews and all the things. And so it's it's harder. I, it almost is kind of that mindset shift in itself of, oh, yeah, I should let them know what this meant to me. Um, yes. And even I think about it just in general, because one of my my big passions is to let people know that I care about them. Like I want to be a servant. I want to serve. Uh, and I'll keep thinking, oh, I need to send a card to this person, just a ma- snail mail, you know, it just, what would, what would be meaningful for someone that not an email email um, is just everyone emails. So if I sent a snail mail card, they would really know I'm thinking about them or just things like that. And I need to get better at that myself. But that reminded me of that. And I don't know where why it was yeah. going that way, but no, that no, I love that. That that that's right. I think we may have gone off track a little bit, but we're we are talking about how do we feel good, and if we know what makes us feel good, then it's always good to be giving that to others. Yeah, yeah, it I makes like them it. feel good. Yeah, and then we feel good because we help them feel good. Well, I think it builds our confidence in that in itself too, because we feel like well, that makes that makes a difference, you know, yes. and it just so that positive um, feedback can help build our confidence as well. So super cool. I, I love this. We totally went um, off the questions, which I told you might happen because I just get into the conversation. I just want to dive in and get to know all the things that you know. Um, so I know we're kind of going to be wrapping up soon here, but as far as confidence and really unlocking it, do you have any other uh, pieces of advice for listeners today or anything else that you wanted to share about it? Let me think. The the um... Yes, there is one other tool that people can use, an exercise that I give my clients all the time. And it is a longer version of the what went well and a slightly different perspective. And I call it a belief narrative. 
and what we're doing here is, you know, we want to build a belief in ourselves kind of mindset. So our limiting beliefs are the things that keep us stuck. There's no question. They are they are the number one thing I think that I work with on people is to help eliminate, change, do something with those limiting beliefs. And one of the ways that we can really work on our own belief in ourselves to be able to build a business is to write this belief narrative. And what it is, is it's going back over your whole life and looking at the things that you did, that you accomplished. So now we're not just looking at the day, we're looking at your whole life. So let's say I'm, and I would divide the way I suggest it with people is you divide it maybe into 10 years each or five years each. So it's not so overwhelming. So from one to five, was there anything that I did in those years that I can remember <laughs> it's that, you know, that I, that I feel was an accomplishment in my life? Well, I learned how to walk. I learned how to read. I learned how to talk. I learned how to ride a bicycle, right? So there you go. There was a, there's a whole bunch of things that I did. Um, and then from five to 10, what did I learn how to do? I learned how to sing, I learned how to swim, so you just, you know, go on and on. And then, and of course, as you get older, I, you know, graduated school. I went, personally, I went back to university and I graduated and got a degree. I have, um, you know, written songs, blah, blah, blah. It just goes on. And then you look at this whole, I have a few more years than you, so I've got a lot more stuff, but it doesn't really matter. You just look at it and then you say, okay, you start the sentence, I believe I can accomplish or I believe I can build this business because look at me. I learned how to walk. I learned how to talk. I learned how to read, right? I learned how to take care of my family when they were in need. Okay, next one. I believe I can accomplish. I can build this business and be successful because I got through school. It wasn't the easiest thing in the world to do, but I got through school. Okay. What's another one? And you just start looking at them as a theme in a sense so that you've got a nice list of I believe and you've got yourself a, a belief narrative and you read it regularly. So whenever I'm thinking, I can't do this, you know, that wave of Ooh, comes through, I think to myself, wait a minute, I believe I can do this because I have done hard things my whole life. I learned how to how to write a song all by myself. I had no musical training. I learned how to go back to university and I got scholarships at that university. I know how to do hard things. I know how to put my mind to something. Okay. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, I can do this. At least I can do this one thing that's in front of me to do right now. So it's a very powerful tool to have at your disposal again, reminding you of what you've already accomplished. And we forget, we just simply forget the things that we did. Learning to read, for someone who cannot read, learning to read is a huge accomplishment. And we just take it for granted, right? Learning to talk, for someone who cannot talk well, or can't talk at all, we take these things for granted. And these are gifts, right? These are beautiful things that we've experienced in our life. And I, and I love this narrative to go back and include all of those things to make you realize you're just so much more capable than you allow yourself to think.
Mm, that's such a great way to wrap it up because that's powerful. Just being able to look, I, sometimes I don't even remember what happened yesterday, let alone. So thinking, taking that time to reflect and look back at each, even I think as a mom, like a lot of my listeners are moms. I mean, just think about what you were capable of in even childbirth or raising these kids. And holy cow, you are so much more capable than you think. And you should be so proud of what you do because that is your first and foremost mission is to raise these kids to be amazing adults. And um, and that is a hard, well, it is the hardest job in the planet. <laughs> so. It is the hardest job. I coach a lot of moms and I know it's the hardest jobs. I, I think I told you I wrote a book. Maybe that could have been unique about me when we started. Oh, yeah. About, yeah, how to be a mom without losing yourself, right? It's the hardest job in the world without a question of a doubt. And we do not give ourselves credit for that job in terms of allowing us to, for it to build our belief in ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Right? We, we are only think, we only see the ways we, we fall short, mm -hmm. which is unfair and unkind and part, partly cultural. Right. They don't people don't raise and acknowledge moms enough. That is for sure. So, yes, I think uh, looking at that, that I mean, that is a huge accomplishment and uh, and worth putting into your belief narrative for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. I was thinking, yeah, we don't get accolades. Our kids don't like come up and clap for us when we make lunch or something, you know, so that's probably a part of it right there. We don't get enough positive. But um. Yeah, but you do have a freebie for my audience to help shift mindsets, and it's a guide that will help them kind of unlock that confidence. So can you tell me a little bit about it? I know I will link it in the show notes as well, but definitely tell okay. us where to find it. Yes, good. Yes, it's called The Beginner's Guide to Improving Your Mindset, How to Show Up as Your Best Self in Work and in Life. And it just goes through talking about mindsets, a little bit about what we talked about today. It also talks about how you can do a reset. And I give you the five steps for doing a reset when you're feeling that you need to do something and you know it's your mindset that needs to shift. Sometimes that is the most important thing to shift. We forget, let's shift our mindset first and then see what else needs to happen. So um, I take them through that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty. I had somebody help me make it look nice. I love it. I like pretty things, especially when they're pretty free things. That's so fun. <laughs> so yes, I will link that in the show notes. Um, so make sure to grab a copy of that. But I know listeners are going to want to connect with you. So what is the best place for them to find you, Lisa? Well, uh, email. I was going to say Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. But not really. Because, you know, uh, people, I don't know if people really do connect on Instagram, but I, I just email me. It's simple. It's lisa at lisagarber.com. And I always respond to emails. I also have a website, lisagarber.com. And there's a place to connect with me on that as well. It says, I think, contact me. Well, I hope that's what it says. Something like that. So it it's uh, it's easy to to contact me that way too. But I think email is the best way to get in touch with me. Okay, perfect. I read them all. I love it. Well, I will make sure to link the email in the show notes as well. But man, after this conversation, I'm like pumped up. I'm going, man, I'm done for work with work for the day, but I kind of want to keep going. Like I feel this confidence <laughs> building and this, you know, I, yeah. So thank you so much, Lisa. This has been such a great conversation and I know my audience is going to love it. Oh, I hope so. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. 
Before we go, though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or share it with a friend as this helps grow the podcast. Also, if you're not a part of Simplicity and Motherhood, consider joining us. It's a free online community built to provide support and encouragement so you can create balance and live intentionally as you go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.